It's time for another edition of the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity... Seize everything you ever wanted One moment Did you capture it? Just let it slip Yo, yo Now that's a sale by Bird Sports Jumps, right here on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence. This is Episode 5, Season 2. My name is none other than Mikey Nails. My broadcast partner is Dean the Dream. Dean the Dream, how's it going today, buddy? Very well, and I'm excited about this show. I'm excited about every show, but... uh I don't know. We're talking about the. Uh, we're going to talk about the late Bill Russell and the, the the life and the career of him. And I'm just very excited to uh, reflect on what a what a great man and a and a, and a great winner that he was. Yep. And of course, other things that are going on with the trade deadline looming and all that stuff going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. NFL camp, Trump of the week, and local flavor. Sammy the Dominican. He did some head hunting. We're going to get into that down the line. Right now, we're going to kick it off with famous number fives in sports. You have your list, I have mine. As usual, would you like me to go first? I would. All right, I'm going to start. This is in no particular order from, from, from good to great, from great to good. I just did it my way, and we're going to do a little Frank Sinatra. Solid. All right. All right, my first one is Jason Kidd. Okay, I have it. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Number two, Brooks Robinson. Oh, wow. Nice job. Nice job. And for baseball and me being the baseball guy, shame on me. I did not have Robinson. I mean, obviously, it's all memory with me. No Google. Brooks, the, the greatest third baseman of all I time. I Google. No, I haven't. I'll tell you when I touch Google. I appreciate that. Right. And um, the greatest third baseman defensively of all time. I would call him the best third baseman of all time if he was a little bit better offensively. But I can't give him that distinction, Nails, because uh, Mike Schmidt was probably the best two-way third baseman of all time. But Brooks, defensively, I think he won 17 gold gloves. It's Brooks. I hope you have the next one. George Brett. All right, early innings here on the Chumps. Our first segment, I'm totally disgusted. I don't have GB over here. 85 World Series, Brett saving in on the mound. Gets the f- final out. He hugs Brett at third base. He had a little bit of an issue in someone on the backside of him when he couldn't play in 83 because he had some issues going on. ELH, ELH, ELH. We also had the Pine Tower incident, but thank you, Nails. I did not have Brett, and you're doing a great job. I hope you have the next guy. If you don't have the next guy, there's no more sports chumps. Oh, boy. Johnny Bench. I don't have bench oh, on my list. I, well, again, it's only memory. So it's like, I, I, I know, I know. Johnny Bench when you were a kid on Johnny Saturday Bench, morning? Johnny Bench, 75 and 76, back-to-back World Series champions. I can break it all down. I did not have it. I apologize. You just mentioned between Brett and, oh, wow. I know you got Joe D. He's my number one. Yeah, right. Joe right. D, 
I got we, more. I we died go. in '51, of course. The greatest, and not just because he married uh, Marilyn Monroe. Said He's that the last greatest. One, last time. I know because I was leading up to it. You're right. I All like right. the fact you remember. I said All right. that last. KG week. Kevin Garnett. Yeah, so of course, anybody out there, you know how we, we make the distinctions now with all these guys. They only wore certain jerseys on certain teams. And of course, Kevin Garnett only won number five in his, his little five, six-year span with the Boston Celtics. And he was on other teams. He wore usually 21 was his signature number. But KG helped the Celtics win that, that uh, world championship in 08, and he was number five. Albert Pujols. Great job. Yep. I'm not done. Okay. Donovan McNabb. All right, McNabb was dry heaving in the huddle in the 05 Super Bowl against the Patriots. We don't know what was happening. He was going to throw it to Freddie Mitchell, but he was like puking everywhere. It was a total scene. McNabb's swell. He played like he came out of Syracuse and he was a backup point guard. He was a walk on on the hoop team. Go ahead. All right, the next one I'm not too sure about, but you'll correct me. All right, John Paxson. All right, Nails is kind of going into like the complimentary player uh, play here. But, you know, John Paxson made a big three in one of those finals with Michael Jordan where they kicked it out to him, and John Paxson did wear number five. His brother Jim Paxson played for the Celtics late in his career, number four. Robert Horry. All right, Robert Horry probably has the most rings for somebody that we're never, ever going to talk about because he's not an all-time great, but Robert Horry did wear number five for many teams. I want to group the next couple of... Um sports athletes and yep. you're obviously going to know what they have in common okay okay some of them no one cares about okay some of them i know one of them you care about okay okay and one of them i talk about sometimes all right i'm gonna i'm gonna just and then you'll you'll know bill walton john thompson john bagley jamal thomas they were all number fives with john bagley bill walton they both played for the celtics at one time yes. who are the other two guys you mentioned John Thompson. John Thompson, former Georgetown coach, did play for the Celtics in the early They all played for the Boston Celtics. Jamal Thomas. Jamal Thomas came out of PC, but he played a couple of games with the Celtics. They all won number five. Yeah. It's not solid. That, no, I Googled one of them. Yeah. Because I wasn't positive. I'm yeah. just, I okay. know the number. I'm pretty, yeah, 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 with, yeah. I'm pretty good with numbers. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you the one I Googled because okay. I wasn't positive. Yeah. John Thompson. Yeah, John Thompson obviously was a backup center in those early teams. We're going to talk about the late Bill Russell, but he was the backup center on those late 50s, early 60s teams. He came out of Providence College, just passed away a couple of years ago. But, of course, an icon at, an icon at Georgetown and a great, great teacher of kids. And uh, that's, a, that's a nice one, Nails. He's one of ours. He came out of, he came out of Providence College. Mm, that's all I got. That's solid. All right, well, obviously, um, Joe D's my number one. There's nobody tops him. And even though you gave me Brett, you gave me Brett, pool holes, a bunch of guys I didn't have. Johnny Bench, unacceptable on my part. But I, I still think Joe D trumps everybody. Oh, absolutely. With the Yankees winning tons of championships, retired in 1951 as Mickey Mantle was coming in, Joe D was going out. And um, I'm going to add one, I'm going to add two guys to, to the list, Nails. Paul Horning from those great Green Bay Packer teams of the 50s and 60s under Vince Lombardi. He did it all. He, he was a punter, he was a kicker, he was the quarterback when, when Bart Starr wasn't in there. And he even liked to lay it in a la Pete Rose and he was Suspended actually for a season for gambling. You're talking about when they had the leather helmets. Yeah, <laughs> old school. It's old right. school stuff. Right. And no the, one knows. And the final is. one, of course, and this is in tribute to a, a loyal listener of ours, George the Greek, George Zantakis. He told us not to forget the immortal George um, George Scott, the Boomer, who played for the Boston Red Sox twice. 
Unfortunately, I only got to catch him on the backswing when the Red Sox got him back in that awful Cecil Cooper trade. He played for the Red Sox in the late 70s, 77 and 78. He was washed up. But the first time he was with the Red Sox in the late 60s, he was actually on that 67 miracle, um, you know, you can't, you know, impossible dream team. And he actually played third base. He came up, he was number five. George Scott, the boomer, two stints with the Red Sox. The second one wasn't as eventful as the first. Okay. Those are my fives. That's it? Yeah, well, I mean, you had, well, you had Jason Kidd, so did I. KG I had, and of course, we had Joe Who's D. Who's the other guy you said, Paul? Paul Horning. All right, Nails, it's it's always once a week, at least, with nobody cares. He put it on Facebook last week. We saw a little picture of Colosino with the Yankee hat on. Mazeroski went bridge. Berra was in left watching it go over the fence. And he said, I hate him. He made the Mick cry. And then Sonny, of course, came out. Chaz Palmentari and said, Mickey makes 125 GZA. You think he cares about your father? Ask him to pay your rent. Nobody cares, okay? Yeah. And I will say one other name who was a total scrub for the Red Sox, but he thought that like they only won because of him. The immortal Johnny Gomes was on the 2013 Red Sox World Series championship team, the Boston Strong team, and he believes that he was an integral part of it because he'll tell you that. Okay. There's a lot of irrelevance on that. You have maybe just two relevant people, Joe D, okay, and Jason Kidd. You, no one knows who Tom Corning is. No, Paul Horning, I said. Paul Horning. <laughs> what, what was it? Paul Horning, he was a listen. Yeah, he was a good-looking guy. He used to have the he it doesn't matter if he's blonde good hair. He used to go out. Knows who he, is. he liked to drink, gamble, he pottied, and you know, elh, elh, elh. But he liked to live the good life, and he was suspended for a year with Alex Karras, who obviously you and I talked about in Webster, the pregame. Ended up on the show yeah. Webster in the mid eighties. Yeah, four years of Webster. Stop it. All right, all right. We're gonna get on to a very important topic tonight. Um, we're gonna talk about somebody who is a legend, and if it wasn't for him. There would be no Celtics, all right? He's the 11-time NBA champ, a Bill William Russell. Guy was the cornerstone of the Celtics dynasty. Um, one of the best players ever to come out of Boston. His uh, accolades and accomplishments are unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to you, and you can kick some knowledge on, I think his name was, his, what's his middle name? Is it William Fenton Russell? You got it. All right. You got it. Nice job. Um, obviously, when you talk about winners, and obviously in, in our era, Nails, we've seen Jordan win six championships. We've seen Brady win seven Super Bowls. You talk about winners, but this guy trumps everybody, and I don't care. I don't care if he was just part of the puzzle and wasn't the main guy. It doesn't really matter. It all started with Bill Russell because Red Allback built this Celtics team in the late 50s going into the early 60s, and until Russell got there, Cousy couldn't get them over the hump. It was Russell who came in and, of course, got them going, and it was championship after championship. And you just cannot you cannot put a price tag on what he did for this organization. Eleven championships, eleven NBA titles in thirteen seasons, five-time MVP, and I don't even think they gave the MVP award out during his whole career. It only started like in the middle. So um, he also had two titles as a player coach, mm -hmm. two titles at in college at the University of San Francisco, mm -hmm. which was seventy years ago, and they haven't been good since he left. Um, just to me, the ultimate winner. I mean, there's really nothing that you can say about this guy. Six summer Olympic gold medalist, 
there you go. I didn't have that. So it's like throw that in there too. And let's, uh, you know, let's just talk about like what he did off the court. Dealt with racism. People that like, you know, vandalized his house, even though he did everything for the area, everything for Boston. You know, dealt with, you know, coming home one day with his daughter and seeing like his house just totally vandalized. They, they tore it apart. Stole stuff. He didn't deserve that, but he took it, took it on the chin, and a lot of people thought he was crabby, but he was really actually a good guy and actually one of the greatest laughs of all time. If you ever heard him laugh, he was really actually a character. I think Bill Russell's um, presence goes far beyond basketball in yeah. the accolades and the things he made happen for his culture. Uh, did you know he was the first African-American basketball coach? Absolutely. I mean, the guy did things that nobody even knows about, and he didn't even speak on it. Yeah. And he still did things, whereas today's generation, they do it, and they make it known that they do it on social media. There was no social media no. back then. No, He stood up for what he believed in. He fought for the rights of every African-American coming through the NBA. And, 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 and the things that were going on in Boston at the time – he was playing, if we if we went on air and say it, we get thrown off. Right. That's how bad it was. It was terrible. And Red Arbach stood up for what yes. he believed, and he stood up Yes, for and Red did stand up for him. And, of course, when Red decided not to coach anymore, when he stepped aside, he turned it over to Russell, and they won two more championships under Russell as a player coach. You don't see that today. He was into his, like, early to mid-30s, but his career was winding down. They won two more titles. And they always ask him, they're like, what do you think about your career? 13-year career, 11 titles. You know what he says? I don't know what happened those other two years. All right, like, so you wanted 13 in 13 years? Like, that's the competitor that he was. It was all about winning. And let me tell you something, Neil. Do you want to talk about the basketball end of it on the court? Go look at his stats. I didn't, you know, I don't even have to have them in front of me because, like you said, it goes beyond the stats. Yeah. He did so much as a pioneer of the game. But on the court, he only averaged 20 points a game, like, once or twice in his career. He was around 16 points, tons of rebounds. But there was the block shots back when they didn't keep the stat He was catching shots. the shots. Well, but the thing what he did with the block shots that you don't see today, Nails, is every guy these kids come up now they're just so eager to like punch somebody's shot into the third row yeah, well you forget that when you punch it into the third row that the other team like keeps the possession Bill Russell had a had a touch when he used to block shots where he would tip it to another player mm. or would keep it in bounds so his team would get the ball they, you can't put a price tag on that and that's what Bill Russell did and it's, un, it's too bad that some people don't look at the footage and watch the way he played the game because he's a pioneer and he should be more of an example of how people should be playing the game today but I just don't think the kids of this generation get that but he was special 21,620 career rebounds oh Guy was dialed. Uh, he had a lot, had of, a lot of famous quotes. One of my favorites, you guys can Google it if you don't believe me, is talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. Yeah. Solid. I saw a picture, and you had just been scrolling. I saw a picture. With, you, you just had it. You can go back to it. And he's got his two hands out with all the rings on the fingers. You know he obviously had 11, so like there's a ring that's like sitting around like on, on the on – the, uh, you know, on the bar because he doesn't have enough enough fingers. The mm -hmm. guy's got 10 fingers, he's got 11 rings. It was just crazy. He obviously went on to coach the Seattle Supersonics later on in his career, did a nice job on CBS doing games with Brent Musburger for a few years. Bill Russell, obviously we're going to miss him, 88 years old, lived a great, great life, and of course dealt with a lot of stuff. Um, I just actually watched an interview from 2010 where he's talking to Jackie McMullen, and he's talking about how how he met the great Jackie Robinson. Of course, Jackie paved the way for everybody, whether it was baseball, whatever sport it was. Mm -hmm. And he's talked about how he was just so excited to meet him that he really didn't get to 
to get the effect of the friendship. He was in awe of him. He was in awe of him, so he didn't get the effect of being a friend to him. But it turned out, I guess I found out that he actually was a pallbearer at uh, Jackie Robinson's funeral. So obviously, he Jackie must have thought that much of him, where obviously Bill Walton, Bill, Bill, Walton, Bill Russell was in his circle. There's a few guys that, um, from the 50s and 60s, that did a lot for their culture. And uh, obviously, one of them is Bill Russell. The other one you got to put in there is Jackie Robinson. And I believe the other one who kind of has a bad reputation, but he did a lot for his culture, and he was friends with Russell and Muhammad Ali and Jackie Robinson with Jim Brown. I, I knew you were going to say that, Jim Brown, yeah. So a lot of times, actually, Nails, I was, when Russell passed away on Sunday, I got to see a lot of the footage. They were doing like some specials on ESPN. Jeremy Shapps great at that stuff, and they did a little tribute. And, of course, you see all the interviews and a lot of the press conferences, and you see just the names that you just said. Jackie Robinson, Bill Russell. You had, you know, Kareem was there. Jabbar was there. You had all those guys one. that were, like, dealing with it. And, of course, Jim Brown was there also. So mm -hmm. you see those guys that dealt with uh, – it was not easy getting – through the times that they got through. I know there was an incident with the Celtics one time where, you know, I guess Russell pulled everyone out. They wouldn't serve them dinner when they went to, like, St. Louis or something. And I know that, you know, they wouldn't serve the team. So everybody stuck together, and they just they moved on. And it was just, they dealt with, it. you know, racism was tough back then. And it, to this day, is obviously still difficult. All right, we're 15 minutes into the Sports Chumps, Episode 5, Season 2. You're rocking with us on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence. You can check out all of our podcasts up on our website. Our website is thesportschumps.com. I changed it up a little bit. I changed the colors, so go check it out. But don't forget to click on that Spotify link, and all of our podcasts are up there. You don't have Spotify, you can go to iHeart Media. All of our podcasts are up there. You can go to Apple Podcasts. They're up there. You can go to Google just search the Sports Chumps. We're the first people that pop up. And all of our podcasts are all over the internet. Any questions, concerns, or comments, you can contact Dean or Mike at thesportschumps at gmail.com. Back to Mr. Bill Russell. Guy's a legend. I mean, I don't even think there's enough airtime to really talk yeah, about him. Yeah, Michael, would you say that, like, obviously he's number... I mean, it's, it's, it's to me, I don't know, whatever order you want to put it in, you and I have had this discussion, and I know Cappy called it one night about the top five Celtics of all time. It's obviously Russell Bird or Bird Russell. Either way, there's no way you can spin it either way. No, you're, I'm you're gonna going give, by rings, it's Russell. I'm going to give Russell the nod because 11 and 13 seasons and Bird would be in the two-hole and then we go from there. But um, this is a guy, like I said, you know, that team that all back, you know, put together with Sam Jones and Satch Sanders. And, of course, he comes out of San Francisco with, with the late Casey Jones, who played point guard. They played in college together. Casey Jones ran that offense after Cousy left. And I know Cousy got a couple of rings, but then Cousy was kind of getting old. And that team just kept going and going and going until, of course, Russell took over as the head coach. And, um, and of course, turned it over into the 70s as Heinzen came in as the head coach. Didn't you say he's the only one alive in that team right now, Kuzi? I think Kuzi's the only guy left, and I could be wrong. And I'm talking about, like, the core guys. C Satch Sanders, Sam Jones, Casey Jones. Um, Tommy Heinzen passed away two years ago. So, obviously, everybody's pretty much gone now. Kuzi, I think, is, um just turned 94 last you, week. You're so. going to go on a limb and say uh, Tommy Heinzen's a legend more on the hoop side or more of the uh, broadcaster side? How about, how about, I'm going to give him the trifecta. You're talking about a guy who, go back and look at some of the stats. He averaged like 15 rebounds as a, a, a game for a season. He helped them win multiple championships. So I'm going to give Tommy Heinsohn a lot of credit because he did a lot of great things for this team as a player, 
then as a coach winning two championships in the 70s, 74 and 76 with the checkered jacket, okay? And then, of course, he goes on to be a, a legendary broadcaster, which, of course, if you're in this era, you only know him as a broadcaster. Right. So how about a guy who's really a Hall of Famer for three different reasons? I think that's un- I think that's unprecedented. And by the way, something you don't know about Tommy Huntington that a lot of people don't know, mm-hmm. he was an absolute professional as an artist. He was a, he was a painter. He was amazing. If you saw some of his artists, artistry, he was amazing. So Tommy Huntington, he got the most out of his life and um of course he read, you know he was a side mate of uh, of Bill Russell of course people would think he's just a complimentary guy but he was a lot more than that he was he was an artist yeah okay all right here we are 18 19 minutes into episode 5 of season 2 Niels, we don't care about the artistry of Tommy Heinzen but let me tell you something go look at some of his work the guy was a talent he did a lot of things he blew butts before games and he always thought it was the officials fault the C's were down 30 in games when they had like terrible teams and it was that when ML Carr was waving towels and the team stunk and he was blaming it on the officials we were down 30 he wanted to fight like Daryl Garretts and the officials and oh god this guy he's awful it's like I, I love tea but it got a little bit sick then like we didn't lose we lost by 40 tonight it's not because of the officials we have no talent stop, stop. it now yeah. you had ml car as the coach like the team was bottoming out patino was coming it was ugly yeah. it was awful so but no i mean you look at that era and there was nothing like the basketball back then it was no. a, it was a really special time no. all right so that's a wrap with bill russell uh rest in peace mr bill russell i believe he was 88 years old he passed they did say he passed away peacefully at home with his family which is great to hear they didn't give the cause of the uh, death, which is also great. No one cares how yeah. you die. We yeah. just care that you were peaceful and you were surrounded by loved ones. I That's heard his it. wife was right by his side. That's I heard it. that. Nails, I got a little bit. So we not, care about. This isn't trivia, but I got a little nugget for you. Go, on, go ahead. It's a, it's a legendary show, mm-hmm. but do you remember him as a guest star on, on, a, on a legendary show that you and I would resonate with in about the mid-80s? Give me a hint what the show is. All right, well... Um, <laughs> One guy used to wear a white suit. He was kind of sharp back in Miami. Um, oh, and Miami then, Vice. All right. So obviously, if you, you Crockett please, and Tubbs, please do me a favor and I'll just watch, watch the episode. Watch that episode. I'll pull please. it up and, and guess who his son was in the episode. Another guy you would love back in the eighties in basketball. I don't know how they ended Isaiah. up. Isaiah. No, but you're pretty close. Who? I told you a couple of weeks ago on a podcast, Mr. Baseline, Bernard King was his oh, son. He was so basically, basically, I'll give you, not to give it away because you would want to see the episode, Bill Russell was a judge on mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. and he got into gambling and he was a judge that was gambling and he was trying to pay his debts. So of course, his son's playing on this fake pro team. The basketball end of it was awful, by the way. They, they showed, it was like a blue chip yeah, thing? Yeah, it, it was lame. <laughs> yeah. But like his son was, his son, Bernard King was his son and he was, he was at, he basically asked, had to, at some point during the one hour episode ask his son to like kind of, like kind of shake the game or don't even play in the game so he can like, yeah, because the bookies, he had to pay the book. So it was a whole thing. And you know, guess who I think the bookie was in, the, in that episode? The immortal Cosmo Kramer. Oh. Michael Richards was the bookie. <laughs> you got to see the episode. Come I'll pull on. It up. I'll pull promise it up me. I'll promise, promise me. I promise. And Bill, I'll pull it up. yeah, and they're on the boat and Brussels like 6'10 and he can't like his head's like he's trying to hunch over to get in the boat and he's like um, and Cosmo. Right, we're talking Miami Vice here on yeah. the jump. Solid, yeah. solid. Yep. Little Phil Collins in the air tonight going on. Please look into that. I'm going to look it up tonight. That's I still watch that. It's on like Pluto TV or what something. What a great show. All right, that's a wrap with Bill Russell. Uh, He deserves actually all the airtime. Yes. Uh, We're going to talk trade deadlines going on with MLB. Uh, Big talk. Juan Soto is now a Padre. 
the Nationals dealt Soto to the Padres for a number of top prospects. Yeah. The Sox are still in the toilet. They did Vasquez dirty. We're going to get into that down the line. I'm yep. going to kick it over to the Dream. He's going to kick the knowledge because he has the clearance to run the interference with MLB. Yeah, thanks, Neil. So, obviously, the Juan Soto deal, and, of course, everyone talks about him as the Ted Williams of our generation. Stop it now, but he is a great player. You trade him to San Diego right now. You put him in that lineup when Fernando, as you would say, Fernando Tatis, once he gets healthy and comes back in September, that's going to be a lethal one, two, three. And I don't think I've ever seen a better one, two, three than Tatis. Soto in the two-hole, and Manny Machado in the three-hole. Oh, and by the way, in the trade, they got a first baseman, Josh Bell, in the deal, who's hitting 302 this year with, like, 19 dongs. Eric Hosma was supposed to go in that deal back to the Nationals, but he had veto rights to, to not veto, metaphor. He had veto rights to nix the trade. He decides to say, I'm not going to Washington, and two hours later ends up a Boston Red Sox. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But San Diego's all in here. They're going for it. They picked up Josh Hader, the closer from the Milwaukee Brewers two days ago. They got him, so he joins the San Diego Padres, and the Padres are all in. They did give up a haul. They gave up the kid Mackenzie Gore, the lefty in the pitcher, who's phenomenal. They gave up the kid C.J. Abrams. They gave up most of their top prospects, but the Padres have not won. In, they've never won. So obviously they're all in right now, and they're saying that we can make a run at this thing this year, right. and they never touched that pitching staff that has Mike Clevenger, Blake Snell, of course, you know, you Davish, and they're loaded with pitches, and of course the kid Sean Manaya. So obviously the Padres believe that they can win the whole thing this year, and I consider them right now, of course, getting Soto, they're going to have to re-sign him, but they look like the team to beat in the National League right now and going forward to be a World Series contender for the next so four or five years. You're saying the Padres going, going forward are a solid, solid, solid team. Yeah, because you know what, Nails? You always ask me about the uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they're usually in the hunt for players they all got, the time. They've had them in the hunt for the past 10 years. Yeah, you ask me about the Dodgers all the time, and of course their big move today was picking up Joey Gallo from the Yankees. He's been swinging it air. He's like JBJ with a little bit more power, but they pick him up. Maybe a change of scenery. He starts to hit the ball again, but I don't think the Dodgers did that much to better their team. They pick up Gallo from the Yankees, and I think you know, the Yankees decided two days ago to pick up Frankie Montas from the Oakland A's, and of course, he comes over with Lou Trevino, the closer from the A's. Not Lee Trevino, Lou Trevino. No, it's Lee Trevino. It's not Lee. Yeah, it's Lou Trevino. He's the closer from the A's, not the golfer. So they picked those two guys up, and of course, last week, they picked up former Red Sox outfielder Andrew Benintendi, who's going to hit in the top of that Yankee order. So the Yankees keep making moves. I was a little surprised tonight at the buzzer that they decided to trade left-handed pitcher Jordan Montgomery to the St. Louis Cardinals for center fielder Harrison Bader. So the Yankees feel like even with Benintendi, they need a couple of outfielders now because they've subtracted Gallo from the roster. So it felt like the Yankees, I think the Yankees are all in, obviously. They already have a team that's ready to win the World Series, and they feel like that this kind of puts them over the hump. So between what the Padres did and what the Yankees did, you have to like what's going on right now. And as far as, you know, of course, we're going we're gonna to shift gears to those Boston Red Sox. I don't. I, I would love to be able to tell you what they're doing. I just. Um, I'm going to have a real hard time with it because I. 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 I well, just they don't buy know. and they sell and they trade and they fire and Cora's still there. He should be gone. There's a lot of things they should do with that team that they're not going to do. That whole team is. They should just go fishing, like I told you the other night. Well, we're going. Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about Vasky and the uh, chump yeah. of the week as far as the organization. But of course, they decide to trade Christian Vasquez to the, to the Houston Astros. And of course, once that happened last night, before the Red Sox played the Astros. 
You're figuring every that's the first domino to fall. Who's going to be next? Is it going to be J.D. Martinez? Is it going to be Rich Hill? Is it going to be Xander Bogarts? We know Devers isn't going anywhere. Is it going to be, um, I said, Nathan Avaldi? Is it going to be somebody in the bullpen? Of course, There was the, a lot of talk about Avaldi going. Yeah, and, and he pitched the game against the Astros last night and pitched great, actually. He could have been a guy that could have helped the team down the stretch, but he stays, Pat. I couldn't believe J.D. didn't move. I thought he was going to go. So at the end of the day, it ended up just being Vasquez for a bag of balls. They got the number 29 in the number 30 prospect from respectively from the Houston Astros so they got nothing for him but the Red Sox also in some separate moves pick up um left fielder Tommy Pham from the Houston um, from the Cincinnati uh Reds he's been a guy that's been a problem he's a, not a good locker room guy not a likable guy but they picked up him they picked up Eric Hosmer who was supposed to go over to the Nationals in that big blockbuster deal with Juan Soto he ends up a Red Soxer and the only reason why the Red Sox did that is because he needed an upgrade at first base and they dropped the ball by letting Schwaber go. And, of course, they bring him in, and the Padres have decided they're going to pay most of the money. So the Red Sox got this guy on the cheap, okay? And just because they lost Christian Vasquez, the Red Sox decided to trade relief pitcher left-hander Jake Diekman to the Chicago White Sox for catcher Reese McGuire. You're locked into 88.1 FM WELH Providence. My name is Mikey Nails. My broadcast partner is Dean the Dream. You are listening to the Sports Chumps, Episode 5, Season Two, we're talking socks trading, MLB trade deadline. My only question to Dean the Dream is, Cora, gone or staying? Well, obviously with the trade deadline, nobody's talking about Cora's uh, job. Everybody's talking about what the heck is going on with Hein Bloom. Is he doing the job? Because he's the guy who puts the pieces on the field for Cora to manage. And I think right now, nobody in, in the organization is talking about, oh, Alex Cora, Alex Cora. They're talking about, does Hein Bloom know what he's doing? Is this the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, circa 2017? Like, is he here to pinch pennies? Or is he here to spend money and get ball players? Because the Red Sox have the resources. So right now, with the Vasky trade, you thought they was selling, and then they didn't sell anybody else off. I can't believe JD's still here. The Red Sox still believe maybe by picking up Hosma, Tommy Pham, and the immortal Reese McGuire, they feel like they have a couple of pro ball plays that they can put in this lineup right now and still compete for that third wild card. Because if you can't get the third wild card, I mean, then, then you don't really, you should be golfing in October. I, I just don't see the point in it. Well, I mean, to me, the Sox are done. I mean, they were done weeks ago. Yeah. We could talk about this. We could, we could make all the excuses we want. We could talk about all the trades they want to make. It's over for the Sox. I will say this about Cora. You asked about Cora. Should he go? I noticed last night Nathan Avoldi pitched a, a tough six innings. And, of course, the Red Sox come out with a 3-2 win over a team like the Houston Astros who could be competing for a world championship this year. They're probably the best team to give the Yankees a run. So I'm going to tell you right now, Nails, that I believe that the Red Sox under Cora are still playing hard and trying to win ball games. So I don't, I do not think that he's the problem. And, of okay. course, those Houston, those aforementioned Houston Astros made a small trade last night by, by getting rid of um, right-handed pitcher Jake to Rizzi out of their rotation. He goes to the Atlanta Braves and a deal for um, left-handed pitcher Will Smith, and I don't mean Will Smith from Jada Pinkett's Not husband. the Fresh Prince. So, no. And, of course, the Phillies uh, get David Robinson and Noah Not Syndic David Robinson from the Spurs. Exactly. This is David Robertson. He comes over the right-handed pitcher. Kid played in the Cape Cod League years back. He was a great Yankee for years. He comes over for the uh, to help the Phillies bullpen. He's got 14 saves and a 2.23 ERA. And, of course, the, uh, the Phillies at the buzzer tonight actually picked up Thor, Noah Syndergaard with the long blonde hair. He goes over to the Phillies to try to help that rotation to help them try to get into that third wild card spot. So, See a little uh, bump in your bicep over there. What have you been working out? No, not, actually... Not, that's your elbow. 
Actually, um, actually, quite, actually, quite the contrary because of my injury. I haven't been working out. What's like that little thing there. That's from that's from the brace that I wear. It makes a mark. That's that's the brace that I wear on the elbow to kind of give it. Well, you, you don't wear it all day, every day. I wear it at work, and I wear it on the baseball work. field. Yeah. You mean bartender? Yes. You wear it when you're slinging cocktails. Yeah, but there's a long sleeve shirt over. It. You don't see it. All right, just stop it. Now. Stop. All right. Halfway, you didn't charge this either. It's 10% there. Halfway home on episode five of season two, Sports Chumps, Dream and Nails, still getting it done. The best podcast in the Eastern region and probably all of America. So we're moving on. We've got other things to talk about, and time is of the essence. We are done with the uh, MLB trade deadline. We're going to move on to training camp in the NFL. It started, but the biggest news is Deshaun Watson suspended. For six games. But you know what? Who cares? Yeah. And, and, and the question to you or to I and to everybody else, why is it six? Why is it not the season? What did this guy do? He obviously did something wrong. Obviously, all the suits have been, I guess, settled, I guess, except for one or two. And he gets six games. So if it's six, why wasn't it 12? This guy missed a whole season. He didn't want to play for, you know, for the Texans anymore. Now they invest $230 million in them, the, the, the Cleveland Browns, who don't know what they're doing. Obviously, they don't care about the, taking the PR hit. They want the player. But um, I, I'm not going to give it much run. I'm not, a, I'm not a Deshaun Watson fan, but they'll figure it out. They'll get through six games. And, of course, they've announced that former Patriot backup quarterback, third-string quarterback Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter in those, six, in those six games if he can stay healthy. You okay? Yeah, the, hiccup. the hiccups. You going to make it? Yes, I am. Because yeah, I ain't giving you mouth to mouth. All right, man. That was the Seinfeld last night that was on it, but he looked at Newman and the guy, the pool guy, Ramon, went into the pool and they thought he was going to roll a seven. And they both looked at each other and, like, I think he's going to need mouth to mouth resuscitation. And then Newman looked at him and he goes, Yeah. And he's like, Go ahead, you. No, you. And then they, neither one of them gave it to him. Someone else came in and they both got their membership. You know who I miss? Oh. I want to say a little quote and you're going to go, oh, Let me tell you a couple, three things. Well, a couple of tree things? Yeah. What was that from? Sopranos. Oh, Sopranos, yeah. You know who I'm talking about? No, who said that? Tree things. All right. Paulie Walnuts? No. No. Uh, he, he, no. He, he was in Goodfellas. Yeah. When they went to eat dinner, he was... Chrissy? In, he was in the trunk. Oh, um, Fred, uh, Frank Vincent? Yeah. Let me tell you a couple of tree things. Let me tell you a couple of tree things. We you, Charles Schwab over here? <laughs> Over here. All right, Nails, uh, alluding to Phil Leotardo from The Sopranos, one of the great actors of our generation, character actors. He was in Raging Bull with Pesci and De Niro back in the late... With Phil Colasanti, who was like coach from Cheers, who was the mobster in it. Solid, solid, solid. Nice job. All right, we're off track here. All right, let's get back on track. NFL training camp, you you brought it up. Yeah, Deshaun Deshaun Watson suspended six games. Nobody really cares. No, that's that's the epitome of... That's old news from last year. They're getting to it now. That's the epitome of what you say nobody cares but yeah. um no so, well do you care no all right i care about patriots training camp and from yeah. what i'm hearing nails a lot of things that are going on over there of course mac jones he said through an interception three days in a row and even though it was just practice and it sounds to me like the uh the the defense seems to be ahead of the offense right now so obviously let's let's be happy that the defense looks like it's coming together but the offense looks like it's struggling um i had a little conference call today with one of our uh one of our insiders, Dr. Football, mm-hmm. who we've had on the show and we're going to have on again. And um, he was at Patriots training camp today. He talked to Belichick, actually. And, you know, he basically said that, like, 
There's a lot of good things to like right now. He said even though the offensive line is struggling in the run game, he said Mac Jones looks really mobile. He said he's, his pocket presence is better. He said um, on the defensive side of the ball, no surprise here. He didn't tell me anything that I didn't know on this one, that Christian Barmore, the second-year player out of, out of Alabama, is just going to be a complete force this year. If the knees sound, this guy is going to be a, a, he's going to be the next Vince Wolfhawk or better. Okay, so he that was a good thing that he mentioned there. Um, and he said the kid... Um, he said the kid Tyquan Thornton, who's the wide receiver they drafted in the second round, I think out of Oregon, he said he's looking really good. He had a nice day today. And, of course, Nelson Aguilar, who had struggled last year, didn't really get the system in his first season. He said he had a nice day at, uh, at camp today. So there's some things to like right now. Uh, there's, there's been some criticism going on in the NFL amongst uh, African-American quarterbacks that's still saying that they are not getting their due respect. Uh, the names mentioned were Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and – Kyler Murray, I don't think this is a racist thing. I just think that when you can be or get as good as Tom Brady is, then they'll talk about you. Other than that, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. And I'm not a big Brady guy. You right. know that. Right. He is a GOAT. But they are, these three quarterbacks are saying they're not getting their due respect. Yeah. I hate to say it, but they kind of are. I don't know why they're going that way. Yeah, first of all, Kyler Murray just I'm got, not racist. I'm just saying. Yeah, Kyler Murray just got a, a brand new, like, $231 million deal, a ton of money guaranteed, hundreds of millions. And then they put a clause in the contract. I think he was upset about it that said something about he has to study film X amount of time. Now, there's been a rumor that goes around that says that he's admitted that he doesn't he doesn't study as much film as many quarterbacks in the league. Because I think he's being cocky. I don't like the kid, to be honest. With you. I told you this last year in the pie. Mm -hmm. I don't like the kid. I don't like his attitude. He doesn't look at like a happy player. There's something in his demeanor that I do not like about him, and I could be wrong. But there's something about him I, I'm just that rubs me the wrong way. But he just doesn't look like a happy player. So I guess they put a clause in his contract that said like, you have to watch X amount of film every week to justify the con part of the contract. And now I guess since they, they got a lot of backlash from that, they lifted that. So he took it away. But he's admitted that he doesn't watch a ton of film. Any quarterback, and I know Mac Jones lives in the film room. These guys want to get better. They want to know everything about the game. And I don't, I'm, I'm not really a Kyler Murray fan, so this is definitely not a race issue. Grow up. Like, like, just win games, win a title. Don't win eight games, nine games, and, and get ousted in the first round. You know, keep Cliff Kingsbury, win a Super Bowl, and then we can talk about you getting your just due. Patrick Mahomes, I don't know how that comes in. He's a great player. He's the one that started it. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. And Lamar Jackson, I guess, was bad-mouthed by a, an anonymous person who I don't respect that because if you're anonymous, just say who you are. Yeah. They said that he, he's, not, he's not a pocket passer and he can't really get the job done when the money's on the line. So obviously there's been a lot of comments been, you know, been thrown out about those guys. I don't know how Mahomes could start it. I don't know what he's looking for here. He's reaching. He doesn't need to reach. He's, well, he's a Super Bowl he's, champ. He's stirring the pot. He's in the hunt for, for who? Himself I don't know. Or for everybody uh, else. He's, he's, he's trying to be the, the ambassador for other African-American quarterbacks? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, yeah. you got to be careful. Everything's just, it's just, stop it now. Stop it. Go win games. Win games. Win titles. You're not catching Brady. You got one. Brady's got seven. Stupid. Stupid now. These guys make me laugh. Yeah. They're stirring the pot and it worked because you're aggravating you. Yeah, I'm aggravated. That it does aggravate me. Yeah. Kyler Murray's in no position to talk. No, neither is Lamar Jackson. To be honest with you. Yeah, he's, he's like another talented. guy who can't win in the postseason. You know what? They're all they're, listen. They're talented. They just they they just never follow through. Patrick Mahomes. Has. I'm surprised at Mahomes because he just seems like a guy who's obviously he's won already. He's been Pull in the hunt. Video. A video. He's been Pull in the hunt up. every year, and he's a guy that like kind of like just seems like he's good for the game. You just like you believe in him. You're okay with him. There's a video. Pull it up. We're gonna move on. Okay. Yep. Um, we're done with the NFL. 
we are nails. Patriots training camp. The team's trying to, you know, obviously getting better. They'll be playing. They'll be playing an exhibition game in the next, you know, I think in a week or so. So this stuff does, starts to creep up really quick. Before you know it, we're uh, we're talking about the first week of the season. All right. Next topic. One of our favorites. Chump of the week. The chump. The chumps of the week. The Red Sox organization. They did a uh, pudgy Pudge Vasquez very dirty. Um, they're saying he knew about it. I don't believe that. He was talking to reporters. They came out. They pulled him off. They pulled him right off, uh, right off the interview, and he got traded to the Strohs. Yeah, just the way they did it was classless. There's no way to justify it. They're trying to do back, you know, damage control on an LC, and he didn't know. That's garbage because I was driving in the car to my baseball game up in West Warwick last night, and on the radio you heard uh, one of the guys on the station, the kid Mott, say that Vasquez just got traded for two prospects. He was traded, and he was taking batting practice for the Boston Red Sox. Now they're trying to say, well, no, he wanted to finish batting practice with the Red Sox. No, if you're an Astro now, you can't be a Red Sox because now you've got all the insurance issues now. He's not one of you. He could get hurt. Well, he's, anything could happen. That's why they pulled him. They pulled him. And then obviously, you saw the interview, and I guess he got pulled yeah. right out of the interview. All I'm saying is, I don't know if it's Hein Bloom, if it's Tom Warner, if it's if it doesn't it's, matter who it was. It was a classless, yes. another classless act. John Henry. I don't care. It's just another the Boston yes. Red Sox organization. Classless. Yes. Zero, zero, zero. There should be zero tolerance for that. Trades are part of the game, though. That's I, part of I yes, understand that's that. Part, it's a business. I get all that, and but it is, the way they did Yes, it. and it is weird to be like playing the Astros and you get traded to the Astros and you're just like, all right, come on, you're going to go to their dugout now. That's an odd thing to do, but like the way they did it was just was poor. Yeah. And obviously, as you know, as poorly planned. Yeah, it, it, they didn't do a nice job with it, and shame on the Red Sox. And like I said, I'm going to blame Bloom. And uh, you know, like I said, Vasky's trying to Cora say. Knew, Cora, you mean to tell me Cora didn't know? They were trying to say on the radio that he didn't, but I don't buy it. I'm with you. I don't. I don't buy that. I don't buy it at all. Corey, no, stop. He's the coach. Stop. Stop. Did they really think the people are that stupid? Come on. No, I agree with you. Stop. I agree it's with ridiculous. you. Ridiculous. But the Red Sox, this seems to be their mo. And I don't want to hop back to something else. We talked about the Padres at the deadline just now about all the trades that they made with you know acquiring Harrison Bader and Juan Soto and this guy and that guy. They loaded up. But it's funny because their their announcer now is is uh, former. Rhode Island uh, resident uh, Don Orsillo, who was a Red Sox announcer for, for many years. Him and Jerry Remy did games for years. Mm -hmm. Do you know Orsillo was never told by the Red Sox? Now, don't forget, Orsillo is just a broadcaster, but he still works for the Red Sox. Yeah. Do you understand? He was not told. He found out through like social media that he was not being brought back as the broadcaster and they were going with Dave O'Brien. It's, it's poor. I know. I know. And of course, Don Orsillo, everybody loves him. His Dave O'Brien's a pro. I love O'Brien. But Don O'Sillo had a little bit more personality. I resonated with him more. He was more like family to me. Because you know me, as a, as a diehard Red Sox guy, you resonate with your broadcasters. You know, him and Eck or him and Remy, that was the team. You know, it's just like to see him like go and they... Well, you're they, a diehard Red Sox. They did, but they didn't even tell him. That was, nah, that was poor. True, true. So, so it's ignorant. This, this whole Vasky thing does not surprise me one no, bit, Nails. It's ignorant. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, you could say that again. Ignorance is bliss. Mm. Tell me about it. I could give you a couple of examples, all but right, not all sport right. really. All, right. all right, 42 minutes into the Chumps, season two, episode five. Dream almost going off to the forbidden path, but we're going to get back on track and do what we do here, which is break it all down because that's what's really important. This day in sports history. Okay, so please, I'm just begging you right here to not 
give me the nobody cares thing because you don't not gonna know who this guy is. And and believe me, many guys, I don't know, Delka, Delka, if you want to email the show at the sports shop or Facebook us, whatever you want to do, and let me know if you know who Joel Youngblood is. And not many people do, and it's okay. I know Jay Youngblood, he's a wrestler. Right, nobody cares, nobody cares, nobody cares. But okay, so outfielder Joel Youngblood. This guy was a journeyman back in the 80s. He was an outfielder. He played for a bunch of teams. I'm going to tell you why this is relevant. On August 4th, 1982, I remember this because I remember the baseball card and the two names in the trade. Hear me out. Joel Youngblood is the only MLB player to get hits for two different teams in two different cities in the same day. He got a single for the Mets in Chicago. That was the day game. He gets traded, plays the night game, singles for the for the Expos versus the Phillies in Philadelphia in the night game. Joel Youngblood. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the actual year of that? The year. That year. was August 4th, 1982. Okay. All right. J- Joel Youngblood? Yes. Okay. All right. He was a journeyman. What tribe was he from? What? Tribe. <coughs> was he an Indian? He wasn't Young Rob Lowe. He wasn't was Rob Lowe in the movie Young Blood. He actually was an MLB player. He was a solid guy. By the way, just so you know, on August 4th, 1982, I know we always talk about this day in history. I'm just gonna chuck a couple of birthdays at you really quick, just for the fun of it. You saw him in the booth a little while ago to your left, up on the bar TV nails. Mm-hmm. Um, the legendary Red Sox, Roger Clemens, the Rocket. Was born in 1962. His birthday is August 4th, 1962. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a mutual friend of you and I, a one Paulie V. I know you don't like to mention last names, but your friend Paulie V. Mm-hmm. His birthday. And one of our loyal listeners, Delka, is celebrating a birthday also. It's good. Not Happy. actually on August 4th, but this week. Happy birthday, Delka. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, that's all I got too. Paulie V, happy birthday. And the Rocket. He doesn't care about us. The Rocket doesn't care. He cares about a couple. He cares about pitching and Winstrow. That's about it. Is that one of the enhancers? Yeah. (laughs) I thought so on that one. (laughs) I never took it, so I I I knew you were going with that one. That was good. That was good. Solid. (laughs) Solid. Is he a Yankee or is he a Red Sox? I mean, what what are we doing over here? He's 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 in the press box over here. You know, well, obviously, he still lives in Texas, so obviously the Red Sox are playing the Astros in a three-game set. So he's obviously going up into the booth with O'Brien and Millard tonight. Doing, you know, so he's still beloved with Boston people. Obviously, I, you know, obviously seeing him in pinstripes for those years was difficult to see, but uh, he, he did what he had to do. Okay. All right, local flavor. Dean the Dream. Had a couple of games. You had a game, what, Saturday? You had a game last night. So Saturday, Monday, yeah, two games in three days. So, so how did Saturday's game go? Saturday, they Saturday. Oh, you uh, did the AB thing. Yeah. So for all the listeners out there that don't understand what that is in the Rhode Island men's senior baseball league, we call it the Rims Bill. Um, AB means that like obviously you're not very good. So if you're hitting, you're at the bottom of the lineup. When they say you're AB, that means that like so the one guy is in the A slot, so he bats. Then the next time through the lineup, the B guy bats. So basically, I was the B guy on Saturday, all right? Which I'll take it right now because the arm's still not, eh. So I'm not pitching. So it's like, go contribute. We split the game in right field. We played Rebezo in the Dodges. It was a nice game. I, I, was, I didn't do much. I flew out and popped up, but I made contact against um, Claudio uh, Rodriguez, 
who actually pitched double A with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. So he was still throwing, you know, low in the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. I still made contact. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of decent at-bats, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, the team was a 2-2 game going into the ninth. We broke it open. Um, you know, beat do you the- play with your glasses on? I'm not talking about basketball. I do. How do you- Baseball, I play with my glasses you on. Have basketball, to see the no. boy. You have to make contact. Yeah. I would hope you play with them on. Yes, I do. And on the mound. And in the field. My glasses are always on. Basketball, no. I just, I just, I go just wing it in hoops. Okay. 47 minutes into episode five of season two, Dream and Nails, we're scraping the barrel at this point. We're talking about the, the former Salty Dogs who are now these Somerset Braves. We don't get it, but the team is rolling. So obviously we get a nice 5-2 to two victory at Cranston West on Saturday. Um, Monday you played against Sammy the Dominican. Yep. He did some head hunting. Yeah, so we Very played, good kid from what I hear. Yeah, we... So Very we, bad attitude on the mound. We played the Black Sox, which I that bothers me because I played for the Cranston Black Sox for 16 years under Mike McGee in the Ocean State and the Rimsville League, and we're the original Black Sox, so he kind of clipped our name. I don't like that. But um, they got the kid Damian Constantino. He had a tryout with the Red Sox years ago. So we faced them last night. But they had this kid, Sammy, and I forgot his last name. It was Dominican kid. He was throwing gas. He had a wipeout. Sammy Juarez. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with it. He had a wipeout slider. The guy was the real deal. Let me tell you, tell you son, he was the real deal. Um, but I will say this. We had a 2-1 game. We're up 2-1 going into the fifth. And all of a sudden, like, he just kind of lost it. We started hitting him all over the ballpark. So now, of course, you have the 10-run rule. I believe you, you play the game to win. And, you know, and you don't want to disrespect anybody or disrespect the game. But a lot of times you get into the situation where... You know, a guy squares around the bunt, it's 9-1. to one. They think that you're showing somebody up, but yet you're still trying to play to get that run rule. So what happened was our leadoff hitter went to square the bunt. Mm-hmm. Now, he's already frustrated because he's getting his butt kicked. We're starting to hit doubles in the gaps off him. He's lost. His body language has totally changed. Okay. Now, he's the, early in the game, he's acting like oil can Boyd. And, all right, Nails just got poked for the first time in a couple of weeks. It's been a while, but he just looked down. It wasn't with the pen. The pen is visible right here in my right hand. He got poked with the left hand. But um, this kid just started to lose his cool. So now at that point, I believe a lot of these guys, they're sawheads, and they feel like, all right, now if I'm not, I don't have my stuff, now I'm just going to start throwing it, guys. So what happened was Spencer went to turn around and try to bunt. He didn't like that, so the next pitch was up in his head. And that's when the benches cleared and it got a little bit ugly. And that was not what we wanted to see. And, of course, you don't want to take it that far because they could just call a game there, call it a wash, call it a forfeit, anything. Other than end with, with, with uh, Sammy the Dominican. It, it, it never materialized. Nobody, there was no punches thrown. It didn't get that far. You, you, you're probably saying to yourself, like, come on, amateur ball. Like, grow up now, guys. Seriously. Oh, We're all going to go in the parking lot and, you know, and suck some suds down after. ELH, ELH, ELH. Don't believe that's edit material. But uh, what happened was in this situation, was what bothered me, Nails, was that he did it. And then, of course, everybody said he couldn't speak English, but he was throwing, like, you know, he's throwing expletives, like, get off the you-know-what field and this and that and the other. And he didn't stay for the handshake. He bailed. So that was a classless move. But I heard that, like, he's, I know him, I don't know him, but my brother, I guess, loan, he was loaned out to my brother for an electrician, an electrical job of, uh, a few months back. So my brother knew him. And that's why I called my brother. I said, his name's Sam. He's like, yeah, that's him. He's tall, he's wiry, and the, the moral of the story is this kid back in 2009 got 22 innings with the Houston Astros. Solid. Yeah, so he made it to the major league. So last night, any of those guys that were lighting him up and saying, you know what, we just lit up a major league. And a lot of those guys didn't know that he was a major leaguer at the time. But I put two and two together. We did a little research. It was him. Are you using Google in the dugout? Um, we used it after. We're like Wikipedia or something. Somebody else Somebody else did it. You used Google. Yeah. 
Well, his name was on the back of his jersey, so I looked at the How name. How can you not remember his name? It, it was like Jabakio or something. Jab, Jack, Chewbacca? I can't, I can't, yeah, yeah, like Choo Choo Chewbacca from Star. All right, we have, we got 10 minutes left on the chumps, and I don't know where we're going from here, but we always figure it out. We're going to free-form it the last 10 minutes because this is what we do, the best podcast well, I'm going. I'm going to go a little wrestling because I got to do this quick shout-out. Oh, that's a hot-core take hear on that. your part Shout-out right to Slick Ric Flair. Had his last match. He's never going to wrestle again, so a big shout-out to Ric Flair and a big shout-out to one of our loyal listeners, Lenny Mack, a.k.a. Lenny Macaroni. Thank you for listening, Lenny Mack. Can I ask you a question? Sure. How old is Ric Flair? Ric Flair is close to 70. All right. As you would say, like, stop it now. Yeah. Go home. Grow up. It's over. Right. All right? Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. I agree. Ric Flair, are yeah. you serious? Yeah, that's serious. Why? Don't talk about being serious. You're playing baseball on the weekend. Stop. Don't. Let's not get into it. Oh, by the way, just so you know, so, like, so the last inning they shifted me from right to left <laughs> on Saturday, and I... When you know, after we win the game, Wham's on the bump, went all nine. Okay, Wham, Bam, thank no, ELH, 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 late innings here on the chumps, but no, no, no edit. So basically, what happened was, I come, I come out, we're gonna all shake hands. I'm gonna, yeah, Rebezo, the line, the whole thing. I throw my glove all the time. I have a habit of just throwing my glove because I don't like to shake hands with the glove in the hand. Yep, so of course, okay, I go home because I got a you know, maybe I got a lot on my you mind. Got your glove. So when I went, so so when I got to McCarthy on Monday night, which of course that game was supposed to be at Johnson Memorial Park, of course they changed it. So of course I had to go to Warwick instead of Johnson, but no big deal. It was in my backyard, and I had to drive to, to West Warwick. No big deal. But now I get into going to the bag. I got no. Warwick's the I, I know. I got no glove. So of course Rebezo's solid. I text Frankie Rebezo, and I'm like, I don't have a glove. I said my glove's gone. He he reached out to the guy that was playing the next game. The kid from the Smokies, I told you about the unis, the whole nine, ELH, ELH, ELH. And um, they found the glove within 20 minutes. The kid Jason Peters had the glove, and it's already in Rebezo's, uh, Rebezo's possession. Peters. So so now I, we don't play until the 13th again. And by the way, just so you know, because of my arm and I haven't been pitching, just so you know, um, it looks like I'm going to have to cash in on that potential to get that waiver where they're going to give me a, an injury waiver where I'll be able to play in the playoffs. That, that's a pity party waiver. Yeah, pretty much. They're yeah. going to say, you know what? You're, you're, been, going, you're going for the ride. You've been in the league 25 years. Yeah, I said it basically last night to the guys in the parking lot. I'm like, I just want to be here for the, for the ride. I said, I brought nothing to the table. I will say this. I've been to, I've been, I've been showing up, and I've been a guy that, like, if you need a guy in the outfield for a few innings to spell a guy, or you need just a guy because you yeah, only got nine. But, yeah, AB, whatever. I'm just, I feel, still feel a part of it, but I'm, they don't need me. They don't, nobody cares. <laughs> nah, we're thirteen, thirteen zero and one, and the run on the. If you go on the league website, if you saw the run differential, if we don't win the championship this year, like just I shouldn't give be playing it up. baseball at fifty anyways. But like our run differential, we've scored like a hundred and like twenty three runs, and we've given up like twenty five. It's stupid the way we've just blown teams out this year. It's been great. We're gonna wrap it up a little early tonight. Um, oh, that's been, hardcore. We're gonna wrap it up a little early. Um, you've been listening to. The Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM WELH Providence. You got to be, be somewhere? We want to thank all of our loyal listeners. <laughs> uh, we have a big announcement coming up in the next week or two. You keep saying that. I'm waiting for that. Well, it's going to happen. Right. It's going to happen. I just want to get the confirmation email so we don't, we don't say it and then it doesn't happen. I respect that. Okay. Um, you got a game this weekend? 
No, so I'm off till the 13th. I'm just going to play. Are you playing baseball, play hoops. basketball this I'm going to play hoops on the morning, yeah. Where are you playing? Where are you playing? No, it's still, they, I heard it, I, again, I'm going to repeat myself. I heard it looks great. I haven't driven they do, by the floor over? They're doing the outside and the inside. They're doing the whole thing over. So who's who's who's, who's footing uh, the bill? Yeah, City of Johnson. I don't know. Uh, so I don't know on that one. Taxpayers. I don't. I don't pay the bills. I just show up and obviously we played at the Rec Center Sunday and we're going to continue to play there till further notice. Um, had a good day Sunday. I hustled, but it was like again a little bit of a struggle. But it just it's nice to just go and run and sweat and not get hurt. It's a it's a good day. It's a good day. All right. So that's a wrap. My name is Mikey Nails. And I'm Dean the Dream, and you've been listening to the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM, WELH Providence. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Is it